What are you doing? If you're hearing our voices. You're listening to the audit and the people that are talking in the audit podcast are Josh Olson and Dave Anthony. Jesus Christ. That's us. Do you have, did you have like long COVID or something? Cause like, yeah, I feel like you used to, you used to be revved up, man. You used to like hear that. You're listening to the, the podcast with the old guys on the lever. You see those fools at the back of the class They don't care about grades or if they pay or pass They ain't here to learn, they're just here for laughs They'll take you home with just a charity laugh If you want blood, you got it Your trapper keep around on it Give me a crap, I'll blow it This ain't the tension, baby, this is the Um, can I tell you a, a couple things? Uh, by the way, we should tell you up front. Uh, we told you last week we were going to talk about some stuff. Uh, we lied. Um, you lied. Events have conspired, uh, to make us liars, but in a good way, there's actually more, more to do before we're ready to talk. But, um, yes, indeed we did. We went to, we went to Prager university and, um, and Dave also, uh, it's weird because timing wise, we should be talking about this, but it's actually going to factor into what we talk about probably next week. So let's not, but just lest you wonder um, if you saw any of that footage from the uh, Glendale school district uh, the other night, last week, uh, our own uh, Dave Anthony was there um, swinging, surprised. swinging and punching and bobbing. I mean, he's not from Glendale. He doesn't live anywhere near Glendale, but <laughs> you, you, you hate the gays, right? Is that it? And so you got on mm-hmm, a bus and mm-hmm. you went to Glendale to, yeah, Talk about yeah, how much you I, hate the gays, I believe. I definitely do. I like that my video I made the, of a guy holding a defund LAUSD mm. sign went a little bit a little bit viral. No, so for our day. listeners who have no ah. idea what we're talking about, yeah, it was it was a bunch of uh, astroturfed right wing activists coming to a Glendale school board meeting to uh, protest Pride Month, and um, Glendale is a different school district than Los Angeles. And yeah, there was a clown yes. there with a sign that said "Defund LA School District." so dumb which is like which is like going to a football game and going defund uh the nba yeah that was good hey i got that right sports joke we're proud of you sports joke um dave has something he wants to talk about before you i do have a funny for any of our west wing thing listeners uh i was on a picket line the other day uh over in front of paramount studios uh, paramount motion picture studios and I was about to leave and I ran into a friend who was also about to leave. I was going one way. He was going the other. We hadn't seen each other in a while. And we had like two minutes to sort of quickly catch up and talk stuff. And it's one of my funniest things in the world. The um, um, guy standing about 
three feet away from me talking to somebody else. You know, you hear all these people talking, blah, 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 blah. But then his words start coming through in clarity and he goes, look, you can say what you will about Sorkin, but nobody writes about politics with more insight uh, in, in America <laughs> than Aaron Sorkin. And my friend grabs my face with his hand and sticks his finger in my face. He's like forcing me to maintain eye contact with him. He goes, don't, I only have two minutes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's interesting. We are uh, Dave and I have discussed this before. It's a strange thing because as as screenwriters, you tend not to be, you know, a lot about a little. But uh, it it dawned on me a while back that I would say that Dave Anthony and I are probably the foremost experts on Aaron Sorkin and The West Wing in what probably the. well, as Aaron Sorkin would say, the civilized world. He means the world in which white people yeah. live. Uh, but That's yeah, right. probably in the world. I would say. Yeah, we're uh, anybody. If anybody ever wants to talk about West Wing, they should come to us first. That's right. We will talk your ear off. Anyway, Dave, uh, fires burning uh, New York, orange. Um, shit's getting weird. We just did an episode on climate change uh, with a great Naomi Klein, um, and this is a subject I, I believe you uh, you have an interest in that climate change. I don't care too much. Yeah, a little not, bit. I like issues that affect everybody. It's kind of elitist to care uh, about the planet's ability fun. to sustain life. But what the hell? Uh, so New York and, well, the, you know, Philadelphia, D.C., uh, all the cities in that area. Uh, uh, worst air pollution in the world. Right now. Because of the fires in New Brunswick and Alberta and really all of Canada is on fire. Uh, which it's not supposed to be. But, well, yeah, cool that's why I wanted to ask you that. Yeah. Is that, are they supposed to be on fire and they're not is the answer. No. Okay, uh, yeah. Thanks. So Canada's not supposed to burn. <laughs> um, it's very, it's very, this is a great example of like people. So for years people would be like, well, there's some countries that are going to do better. Russia, Canada, so that's not a thing like they, cause they would be like, well, the whole, the whole harvest belt will move North and then they'll be able to grow all the wheat. And it's like, how, how does that look now? Like, it, like there is no place where you get to go. New York isn't, the fires aren't in New York, but it doesn't matter. Like it, it's just going to affect you wherever you are. There's no, I have a friend that's going to Toronto and it's like, yeah, you can't really plan vacations and not think at this point it could be totally screwed. Right. Cause of climate change, like that's all a factor in this. But I mean, the biggest thing is the media's response is absolutely incredible. Find me one top headline from a major news organization that says, this is from climate change. There's like how to handle air pollution. Uh, why is it so, why is it so smoky? They do not. I mean, you can read an entire article on ABC News, and they are not going to bring up climate change. So at the end of the the problem is not climate change. The problem is capitalism, and capitalism handles our news. And and there's no uh, they, there's no profit in upsetting your advertisers who are fossil fuel companies, there's no profit in telling people really bad news about the future. I was going to say, there's also the added thing of like, they're afraid to tell you shit that's going to depress you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and it's it's like you watch this all playing out and if you haven't figured out like this is like this is end times shit this is when you turn around and you go wait how long has the canary been dead and jim's like well canary died like three months ago and it's like <laughs> yeah we're this is terrible it, it's it's at the place now our our politicians are not going to save us there's no there's no democrat coming to save you democrats are terrible on climate change they're just not completely evil but they're terrible and so mankind has to make a choice do we just die or do we stop this as people which means getting rid of the fucking people up top that's that's where we are people in new york can't go outside we already did this on the west coast we did it a couple years ago do you know what the result of that was nothing yeah we're still doing it <laughs> no change yeah no no change nothing has changed we had we got a, a Democrats elected in c- couldn't do anything you know, oh mansion whatever but there, there's always a reason. Where's the climate emergency that Joe Biden declares? Where's the climate emergency Gavin Newsom declares? Why isn't every Democratic governor in every state declared a climate emergency? They're not doing anything. There is no one coming to save you. So you have, we have to save ourselves. We have to start. There has to be a general discussion by people of how do we stop this without them. And that means everything is on the fucking table. And I mean, everything is on the table. That's how we are going to all die. We are living on a planet that is being exterminated. It is heating up to kill the parasite. And where does this conversation take place? Well, this conversation takes place online or wherever else. Just everyone needs to start talking about it. There needs to be a frank conversation of people online. And the problem is, the real problem is, is that people don't want to talk about it. Like, that's one thing that that the news has right. People just want to ignore it. And you don't get to ignore it anymore. Like, we, when we went through this on the West Coast, we all realized we couldn't ignore it anymore. Well, now, will this make a difference on the East Coast? Because they can explain away Hurricane Sandy because hurricanes hit there. You cannot explain away the worst air pollution in the world. It's never happened before. And now you know what it's like to live with the worst air pollution in the world. It's not great. We had it happen. And so now what do you do? Do you just go back to your life? Because if you go back to the life, you're you're a frog in a, a boiling pot of water. Slowly heating up. Like, this is just a thing. Like, People need to start yelling at the media constantly. What are you doing? Like, I'm not talking about some people. I'm talking about every single fucking Everybody. person. Literally every single fucking person needs to do this. You don't, have to go, you don't get to go about your daily life. You should wake up in the morning and yell at some people about climate change, and then you can go about your daily life. But if you just did that every morning, if every morning everyone woke up and said, what the fuck are you doing about climate change, ABC? Why aren't you reporting on it? Literally every person. If you have a slight concern about climate change, if you don't know how bad it is, but you think, well, this isn't good. Listen to the scientists, listen to us, and just every fucking day wake up and start yelling at some of them. I mean, and, and here's the thing. It's one of those things that I've been beating this drum for a long time, and it, it, it feels futile, and it probably is. But, you know, 
online isn't life and tweeting, posting isn't activism. However, if that's all you do, you can actually do something. You can actually make it count if there's enough fucking people. Because one of the things that's so infuriating to me is this, this especially in its, 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 its Democrats who basically devote their online lives to making excuses for the Democratic Party. And that is how the Democratic Party knows that they can take you for granted. If they see pretty much everybody out there making, you know, defending them, making arguments for them, what have you. If they woke up tomorrow and saw everybody on Facebook and everybody on Twitter who's normally, you know, rah-rahing them, going, hey, motherfuckers, do something, it would scare the shit out of them. And that's what the relationship is supposed to be. They're supposed to be afraid of you. Republicans, with good reason, fear their base. Their base is fucking insane. Mm Mm-hmm. That's why they support Donald. That's why leadership gets behind Donald Trump and won't do anything to to upset him too much because they are afraid of what happens when the base gets upset about that. And Democrats know that you're not going to do that. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I just, the older I get, the more the notion that politics is a matter of just voting for good people who are going to do good things is just, it just seems more and more childlike to me. It's like they're, yeah. It's not, it. it's, not about, it's not about good people and good things. It's about putting people in place that you can then push, that you can then scare, that you can then, you know, but you have to keep engaging. You can't, these are not good people who are looking to do good work for you. They're just not. And it's just, it's exhausting. And it's, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know how much more, like I, I, and you know, my belief is that no one will do anything, and we'll just sit here and you know go through the the process of killing the planet. Because, you know, it's like my other podcast uh, co-host tweeted earlier today. You know, AI is taking our jobs, the planet's uh, burning up, and we're talking about the next Transformers movie. that's all that's really what it is like it's it's the dumbest thing like people say we're an intelligent species i think it's pretty easy to argue we're not that smart because this is really fucking crazy now you are saying like my grandfather the um but like what how does this work like we all know our system of government is a total failure it is a failure and you know, Democrats can sit there online. And I think that a lot of those are, you know, David Brock robot people. But, um, but you, yeah, they, they sit there and they back this. And it's like, and they always go like, oh, Republicans are voting against their interests. I mean, you're, you're literally screaming at people who want to stop climate change online because yeah. Democrats, they just need five more, I guess, five more senators or something. You should be yeah. yelling at the ones that are in there, screaming at them, yeah. screaming at them. But then I had this idea. Is... Yeah, good. I had this idea a long time ago of everybody just because there's a lot of kids that are scared and they'll bring it up. And, um, you know, once kids find out, they really they really get freaked out. You'll make a video. Everyone should make videos. If they have a kid that's scared, just start making videos and just sending it. Put it up online and fucking send it to Schumer. Like, 
heartfelt videos of kids being terrified. Like that's the kind of shit we have to now do. This is the kind of shit we need to put out there. Terrifying a generation of children. Put it out there. But but Dave, those kids, if if they really if they're that scared, they should vote Democrat. Well, therein lies the rub, right? Like, there is no solution electorally to this problem. So what does everybody want to do? Yeah. Because there's no solution electorally. So things need to be thought outside the box. And that's shutting shit down. That's going on targeted strikes and boycotts. It's, you know, stopping the machine from running. Yeah. Jane Fonda's out there handcuffing herself to gates of, you yep. know, <laughs> it's like, God bless her. Yeah. But you that's know, also part of the problem, though, is, is like where, where, you know, it's easy to say uh, uh, we can have that conversation, you know, in social media, but I'm, I'm thinking, you know, Twitter, Elon Musk has turned Twitter into, um, Matt Walsh tweeted something and I, I don't even, it's hard for me to start talking about him without going on for an hour about what an absolute piece of shit this guy is. He's a right wing scumbag who's made a fortune now by latching on to kind of transphobia. He's made an unwatchable documentary and Elon Musk has gotten behind him. And he tweeted something out the other day. It was, it was interesting. His terrible doc, he's tweeting out that it, um, that, that Elon put up on Twitter, I guess. Yeah. So you can watch it on Twitter and you can go find it. I'm not going to dignify by saying his name, but he tweeted out the other day, Hey, you know, this doc got 175 million views. Tucker Carlson's first episode has 20 million views in just four hours. We're watching as Twitter becomes a legitimate platform to watch, not just short clips, but full monologue shows and even films. Absolute game changer, huge win for free speech. So first those numbers are meaningless. That's how many yeah. times it scrolled past somebody's timeline but you know right. the dummies they follow like he's trying to tell people he's the biggest documentary maker in history because 175 million people quote unquote viewed his film it's like no it was in 175 million timelines and not even that it just means right. that people kept clicking over and over and over and elon musk who runs twitter it was his pinned tweet for an entire day um <laughs> maybe 250 300 people actually watched this fucking unwatchable piece of shit and and also nobody paid for it so right you know there's people out there like oh well it's bigger than avatar it's like it's not it's like <laughs> it's you know what it is dave it's 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 like you ever see uh i bet you understand do you know the difference between a motion picture and a billboard for a motion picture <laughs> yeah uh, yeah one i can see in 10 seconds when you drive by a billboard have you now seen the film? <laughs> That's literally something. what they're trying to do. But the point he's making, the more chilling one, he says, we're watching as Twitter becomes a legitimate platform, et cetera. No, we are watching as Elon Musk, whether or not this is always who he was or if he's just a moron being played, is slowly turning Twitter into a platform for, I don't know, you're not supposed to see neo-Nazi, are you? But like fucking neo-Nazi ideology. It's harder yeah. and harder and harder to... Um, get get other voices through there uh i do recommend if you're on twitter just just make a point of just blocking anybody with a blue check these days yeah but but there's like what used to be this enormous platform has now just been overrun by right-wing douchebags with the blessing and equity the 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 support of the guy who runs it so 
where, you know, where, where does this conversation happen? If not there, I mean, Oh, by the way, I'm on blue sky. I have 12 followers now and there's 400 other people on blue sky. (laughs) Yeah. I'm on blue sky. It's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, you can definitely yell at your politicians and, and your media, um, like wherever, I guess, like, you know, I, I, I don't know, but you know, Reddit, there's, there's different places that these discussions can take place and, you know, they're, they're always going to try to shut it down no matter what, no matter where it is you try to do this, you know, that's part of the battle. We, um, but, but point. This always happens. Every time I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Dave's like, uh, let's bum everybody out by telling him horrible shit. Well, this one is, uh, you know, timely (laughs) as far as the whole burning stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, but it's, uh, you know, the the discussion needs to be had. Like, what are we really going to do? Yeah. Yep. I remember I said when, when Joe Biden got elected, I said, we should, we should have every lefty in the country. You can get there, go to DC and fucking pack DC with what millions of people and day one be like, do something. Yeah, so many liberals got so fucking mad at me. Yeah. So many liberals got so angry with me. And uh, I don't know. How's COVID going? You guys enjoying yourselves? <laughs> how's climate change going? How's him selling all the leases going? Like he uh, he needed to be scared from day one. So he couldn't do what he was going to do, which is a right wing agenda. He's passing a right wing agenda. So, you know, it's uh, very troubling. Yeah. By the way, this podcast is brought to you by The Lever. <laughs> uh, I'm so depressed. Uh, the award-winning reader-supported investigative news outlet. Um, uh, if you want to support the show, uh, you can become a paid supporter, which will give you access to our bonus content. Although this week, if you have no bonus content, you'll just get the episode a week early or a day early. Um, but, uh, you also get access to the lover premium podcast feed, extended interviews, tons of bonus content. You can also, uh, donate to our tip jar, one-time contribution at everlevernews.com slash audit. You'll see a button for the tip jar. It'll take you to our Venmo page. You can also go to the Venmo page directly. We are at the audit at Venmo under businesses. Uh, follow us on Twitter at, at the audit podcast and email us at the audit I'm trying to start a violent revolution. Yes, I know. Off of a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they're for. Look what Rogan did. We're coming back. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, here's a, yeah. How do you do that, Dave? Two people tell two people. (laughs) It just... Or just one person tells two people, and then it grows. I guess two grows. people telling two people. Okay, so here's the thing: if you've two never thought of you've been if you've been listening to the West Wing thing for all these years, and now you're listening to the audit, uh, tell two people. Tell two people that, we and then come back next week when we have a hundred million listeners, and we will give you instructions on how to begin the revolution. But there was some good news this week, some happy news, and we thought, why not? Why not give you a little bit of that too before we launch into uh, our deep dive into PragerU uh, fun. Um, cause it really hit me, you know, Donald Trump getting indicted. I mean, it's like, that's cool. 
Um, and then all these, have you seen all these right wing pundits? They're like, you know uh, what oh, happens yeah. if you do this, nothing's to stop the next administration from going after they, Biden and Clinton. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay. What? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm they, like, wow. Ben Shapiro and I are finally on the same page. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Go after all please, of them. Like, I, please like, do. What? Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you should always have investigations ongoing constantly against all politicians. There should be a there should be a force that just investigates them constantly to see what they're doing and if they're doing illegality because they, you know, they are. Yep. Yep. Works for me. Works for me. But the thing the thing where I went, no, we got to go back and we got to we got to we got to we got to kick this around for a minute or two is uh hill dog came out today. The one and only Hillary Clinton. Um, do you have the tweet in front of you, Dave? Do you want to read it? I don't have it in front of me. Can- uh, Hillary Clinton today, bringing this back in light of recent news. And there's a picture of uh, a picture of her many decades ago, but they've adjusted it. So she's wearing a hat that says, but her emails get a limited edition, but her emails hat and support. Onward together groups working to strengthen our democracy. So uh, mm. selling some merch off of this. And it just hits me every time, but somehow it just okay. It, the 2016 election is unique in American history for so many reasons. For so many fucking reasons. I mean, it's absolutely and then you think, I mean, think of it. We've got like You've got two candidates who are just, no one's been a story. I mean, I, who's when's the last time you saw somebody who lost a presidential election who was still griping about it a week later, let alone years later? Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, I'm sure there's cases in American history because we've had so, so many bad candidates and bad people, but um, I'm sure there's someone, uh, I guess the difference from this one is, is, her losing to such a reprehensible, you know, vile, fascisty type guy stains her legacy incredibly. I mean, she couldn't be the that. And so her every day after, she has to try to fix her legacy. Right. But it's which is unfixable, which which yeah, because like her base her supporters, her base supporters are never gonna waver. They're always gonna love her. But there's just I think a it's lot getting smaller. Don't. It's gotta be getting smaller. Do you? Yeah. Maybe. But what, I mean, it's just a stuff. But think about it. The, the thing that gets me, um, I know you're a movie nerd, but you're not a deep dive. Do you remember Smokey is the Bandit? And the Bandit? No, the is the one. Bandit? So the third one, originally. I mean, I saw which, them all, but I don't remember. So the, the third one is Jerry Reed as uh, uh, the Bandit and Jackie Gleason as Smokey again. Or, yeah, he's the cop, right? But originally, if you watch that movie, yeah, yeah. it's a mess for a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons they had to go back and reshoot all of the bandit scenes with Jerry Reed, a different actor, because the concept of the film originally, I'm not joking, it was called Smokey is the Bandit. And Jackie Gleason was going to play both parts, the Burt Reynolds part and the part that he played in Smokey the Bandit. And I guess it just did not work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that. What a crazy idea. And there was also, there was uh, Ridley Scott's Robin Hood initially was going to do kind of the same thing where it was going to be, uh, uh, what's his name? The same actor, Russell Crowe was going to play Robin Hood and the Sheriff of Nottingham. But I've been thinking about it more and more often because that's the 2016 election. Smokey is the bandit. I mean, think about it. You've got like, 
you know, each candidate being the worst sore loser their party has seen in our lifetimes, each devoting years to blaming everyone on the planet, despite except for themselves for their failures, right? Each one of them running cheap merchandise grifts, <laughs> like every step of the way. One of them, one of them a rapist. One of them, uh, I don't know. So I, are we allowed to say rape enabler, at least married to a rapist? Each one yeah. of them engaged with uh, top security breaches, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you've got this irony of like, the Clinton machine. I want to stop you. I want to stop you right yeah. there because a lot of people are like the email thing wasn't the same. Okay, so right. let's just talk about the BlackBerry. No, I mean, you want to just yeah, talk not about the same. BlackBerry and not talk about. Not we don't same, have to but, talk about the emails, butter emails. But I can tell you, the BlackBerry thing was horrendous well, on a level also, of like I would read when I read about it, I my jaw hit the floor. Like yeah, that she was using her own BlackBerry terrible. to do like yeah yeah supposedly top security communications for the, I mean, these are bad yeah. things. Same degree as Trump. Yeah, maybe not, but this, but they are the kind of the same thing, you know, just to different degrees. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a, it's a level of arrogance. Like yeah. she would bring her Blackberry into meetings and they would stop meetings at the state department because she had an insecure device coming into the yeah. deepest levels of security in our country. Like, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. And then you get this and it really, you know, think about this. The Clinton machine clears the decks essentially in 2016 for her. Do you remember? Because yes. nobody else ran. The only people running were who's that guy, Martin O'Malley or something, which was some kind of flaky. Yeah, they were they were just weirdos. I mean, I remember yeah, watching and, it and I was just like, what is Yeah, they weren't they weren't real contenders. And Bernie Sanders campaign was not meant to be a real campaign. That was meant to be a symbolic right. campaign that pushed her to the left. They had cleared yes. the decks for quote unquote real candidates. That's why you saw no other establishment candidates run against her. It was hers. Mm-hmm. They cleared the decks. And then once she was the candidate, they went to work to clear the decks to make sure that Trump was the Republican nominee. Yes. And let me just, for people who don't believe that, I spoke to an MSNBC producer and he said to me, I said, what are you guys doing? Why are you always showing Trump? And he said, we are going to push Trump so he wins the primaries and then we'll take him down in the general. Exactly. And that's that's the media complicity. But they can't, there's there's a couple of articles. There's one in Politico, there's one in Slate, all kind of detailing and stuff that came out of Wikipedia, or Wikipedia, WikiLeaks, um, about the degrees to which uh, the Clinton campaign was actively involved in trying to make that happen. You know, we know now, we heard then rumors, it's now confirmed that Bill Clinton, in fact, was the guy who put a bug in Trump's ear that he should run. Um, Do, does the does the her emails thing, is that about the emails that reveal the, server. the WikiLeaks stuff or it's about the server? Okay, It's about the server, yeah. She sent emails over a private server that she should have, you know, she was doing government business and, on a private server, which is a crime. And we know, which is a crime, but what, and we know that she was told repeatedly by many people within her campaign to get rid of Huma because her husband was a problem mm-hmm. and that was a right. toxic, problematic relationship. And the thing that came back was that stuff, that email stuff at the end was because of Huma's husband. It was yeah. what everybody told her. Everybody said, yeah. this person has to go. This person's a problem. That person. So when you say, but her emails, you're saying she had bad judgment. Yeah. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's just astonishing. As the more time goes by and as the kind of dust settles and you look at everything and, and you look at her behavior post that election, you know? It's, 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 oh my God, that, all that stuff where like, well, she tried to tell you. You're like, no, we, we knew. In fact, back when she was, when the Clintons were palling around with Trump and taking money from him, most of us fucking knew he was horrible. You yeah, know. we, you can, you go, you always bring up uh, Mad Magazine, which was covering him in the 80s. Spy, I was doing spy. jokes about, Spy, sorry, I was doing jokes on stage about Trump in 1989 yeah. and 1990 about how terrible of a person he was. Yeah. So I was way ahead of your curve and I wasn't hanging yeah. out with him at parties. And by the way, we all certainly knew when her candidate was working to ensure that he was the GOP candidate, how fucking awful mm-hmm. he was. But yeah. you would think if he was the existential threat that we were told he was, by the way, I'm not taking away from that. He was fucking horrifying president and uh, uh, we should have done everything we could to stop him. But all these warnings supposedly coming from her, you would think that she would have then pivoted after the election to doing something to meaningfully and materially oppose him. And literally all she did during the entire Trump administration was come out and do occasional interviews where she would bash the left and blame other people for her <laughs> loss. Um, yeah. You know, you I shall know them man. by their ex by, by their, yeah, their, their post-election <laughs> behavior. And, and it's really, she I basically mean, behaved the same way Trump did. It's crazy. It, you know, it, you can go back to like Gore and Gore could have done this. Gore didn't do this. Gore could yeah. have done this. Gore had an election stolen from him. Look, he's a wimp yep. and he should have fought harder, but he had the election stolen from him. And then he just, he went to work doing other shit afterwards. And it, it's, yeah. yeah, you didn't hear that. And uh, it's astonishing, but you look at him and it's like, they are two in a profession that is stacked to the gills with toxic individuals and sociopaths. 2016, I think, was like a new bar for both of those. I don't know, high bar or low bar, however you measure it. But two of the most toxic narcissists in the history of politics running against each other and and behaving in all the same ways during an after. Yeah, people don't don't realize, like, you know, I remember people were like, Trump flies home every night to Mm -hmm. instead of sleeping on the campaign trail. You know who else did that? Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. like it was just all it's all very and this this can lead us into climate change if you want but the more that the climate gets worse the more crazy the rich have to fund they have to fund crazier politicians to ignore the reality of what's happening in front of your face they you need more hysterical reality denying politicians to overcome what you're seeing in front of your face. That's that's what they do. That's why as climate change gets worse, all of this other stuff is happening because the rich are funding the loonies. It's all tied up. It's all the same shit. Yeah. This is how they operate. Uh, it's just grim. But, you know, look, I think it's reasonable. You know, take a moment of joy. Trump just got indicted on federal charges, and uh, that's a good thing. What do you, what do you think? You think anything is going to come out of that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think um you know, I I think Trump fears nothing more than prison. I don't think there's anything he could fear more than prison. Um I think that he will cop to something. I think when the feds come after you, you're fucked because their percentage of getting a conviction is off the charts and they have so many people lined up and they have so many 
people who are willing to who have flipped and are going to be witnesses like there is there is no going to court and getting out of this other than there may being a couple trumpers on there but i don't know if he has to get 12-0 or if it's you know less some states are is it is it for 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 federal offense is it 12-0 i would imagine um yeah probably is but uh you know they you know he just lost in court with that woman like he got sued Mm -hmm. uh for uh raping her and she won and that was the first time i went oh he could seriously get convicted in in a court I don't know yeah. where the court will be. Do we know what jurisdiction it's in? Uh, there's a judge right now. The judge who's overseeing is a judge he appointed. It is part of the problem. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's part of the problem. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, if they can get 12 jurors who are not, you know, you know Trumpers or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's at some point they, they have so much evidence and so much against him. That videotape that came out was so damning. Like it, it'll be bad. I, my, Patton Oswalt said this a long time ago. He's going to live, end up living in exile, and mm. that, and that he said, and that was the first time I went. That sounds actually a very reasonable explanation, uh, yeah. a very reasonable end to yeah. this. But it, it, the problem is, is that you're all, everyone's going to be very excited to get rid of Trump. And meanwhile, the more competent yep. fascist is exactly going to win. Right. You're and just you paving going the way to... for DeSantis, who will win against Biden. It's the same thing like when watching all the Democrats cheer when McCarthy was going through his speakership. And they're cheering on a a more terrible outcome for us. That's what they were cheering on. The more that McCarthy uh, agreed to their horrific ideas, the worse things were for us. But they really enjoyed watching that one man's comeuppance. But at the end yeah. of the day, now we have a bunch of people on Snap and whatever who have to fucking work more hours. Like, but I think I think it's possible. Yeah. This maybe this may be a big difference between us. It, it's possible, and yeah, what you're talking about is bad. You you can't stop at yay they got Trump because uh, you don't know where this is leading. But this is happening, whether or not we like it or not. And I'm a big fan of taking joy where you can. And I was watching a guy on Fox who was just livid. He was so, he was like, don't people yeah. understand there. If this happens, he will die in prison. And I'm yeah. sitting there watching it. I'm like, don't threaten me with a good time. And, and then they're no, like, Hey, great. let's raise the ante. And if you can do this, you can go after Biden and Clinton. And I'm going, Oh my sweet Jesus. For at least two minutes today, I'm actually happy. <laughs> it's so, it's so funny when people like when people say that and you're just like, yeah, go, go get them all. Like, I don't like any yeah. of them. They're all, yeah. Hey guys, the country is a complete fucking failure. All the leaders should go like, go take them all out, get them, arrest them, put them in jail. Every fucking one of them go for it's, it. Yeah. Yeah. It is to be devoutly wished for. Anyway, I just yeah. want to go out on something a little bit happy. Take a moment of joy where you can. Jesus uh, Christ. And uh, yeah, you know, Dork. that's all we've got, man. Moments of joy. You could uh, devote your life to this shit and you get hit by a bus and then what? Um, so that's all. And now here's Kenny Alper with the news. We're doing something, well, not really that different this week, but this was actually going to run a week later, but um, we're doing these reaction episodes. Uh, we've got a few others as well, but we uh, basically, instead of running along a theme, which we've been doing, we just sort of brought in people we uh, uh, know and enjoy who are funny and smart, and we forced them to just watch a couple of uh, Prager U videos cold. And then we just record their screams of agony, and uh, we you kick shut off. that baby up. 
And we uh, we uh, we kick off with uh, our good friend Katie Halper from the Katie Halper Show and Useful Idiots and, and so many other things. But um, uh, but we will uh, next week. We will be back with the promised story of our visit to PragerU and of Dave's experiences at uh, the Glendale School District, uh, Michigas, last week. And in fact, and I um, I should say, yeah, I've been I've been to different things. I've never been to, this is my first event where all of the top California proud boys descended Mm. and it was a, and it was a completely different animal than anything I've been to. Delightful. Um, We'll we'll be talking about that in depth and much more. And in fact, um, those two stories are actually uh, more connected than you might think. Um, so we'll be back with that next week, but for now, here is our good friend, Katie Halper being strapped to a chair and forced to watch PragerU videos. Uh, enjoy. That's the only way to watch them. Good point. Hey there, it's David Sirota, host of Lever Time, the flagship podcast from the award-winning investigative news outlet, The Lever. In politics, there's a complex web of money, influence, and greed that corrupts our democracy. Lever Time is an unflinching examination of the latest news, events, and issues that often go unrecognized and unreported by corporate media. We interview a variety of guests and experts across media and politics, and we hold the powerful accountable. Some recent interviews include Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, comedian David Cross, progressive leader Nina Turner, and artificial intelligence expert Dr. Max Tegmark. So if you're looking for a true independent voice in political media, check out Levertime. Go to levertimepod.com or search Levertime on your podcast player to subscribe. If you finally had enough of hippie college left-wing fluff, get yourself a real degree from Prager University. Anyway, I wanted to get into this one uh, with you because it's it's really interesting. It's it's less uh, completely insane um, than some of them, but to me, this is just a really interesting example of how um, even even when they're right, uh, Prager you get gets it all wrong. So let's jump in. You'll you'll see what's you'll see what it is as it goes. What's the difference between a liberal and a leftist? This question stumps most people because they think liberal and left are essentially the same, but they're not. That's mm-hmm, true. Mm-hmm. There is a distinction that many people. He should, uh, he should talk to uh, Bill Maher, who doesn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> that set it up, guys. In fact, liberalism and leftism have almost nothing in common, but the left has appropriated the word liberal so effectively, almost everyone, liberals, leftists, and conservatives, thinks they are synonymous okay so this <laughs> is totally the inverse of reality it's that's right it's the, inverse yes. of reality. In the, yeah. the label left and try to pretend yeah. that they're on the left leftists real leftists don't like liberals or liberalism like we recognize right. there's overlap but it's the exact opposite so he's like yeah he, he makes a distinction he acknowledges a distinction that's often ignored people do often conflate the left and liberals but then he gets it absolutely backwards exactly wrong yeah yes. yeah and i think well i don't know let's let's go i have a theory about this but we'll talk about it as it develops but they're not 
Let me offer you six examples. One, race. This is probably the most obvious difference between liberal and left. The liberal position on race has always been, A, the color of a person's skin is insignificant. I, is that that's true? Not, that's no, not, that's not true, true at all. It's very much not true. The liberals. Uh, I, uh, uh, I have one of a billion examples. Um, I do believe it was mentioned from time to time that our current vice president, uh, uh, they would talk about the color of her skin when they yeah. were talking about uh, things that were um, important. That, right. That girl was me. <laughs> the the notion. Oh my that, I mean, they already had a t-shirt I mean, line before she but yeah. just, during the debate. Just yeah. imagine making this statement after Obama ran and right. was president. Like it's just. But this, this is going to my theory sort of, I'll tell you right. Cause I think what he's trying to do, I think at all of these, they're sort of trying to do to some extent is they're trying to reach this kind of mythic liberal viewer who's, you know, right curious, if you will. And they're trying to appeal to them. And they, they think that, that liberals think of themselves this way. Can we also just focus? Sorry, I didn't mean to. I just got totally distracted by the hair. Yes. So they have four people are just going to be listening. Four heads. So they have four heads that all are male. (laughs) They have a whitish pink one. They have a dark brown one. They have like a medium brown one. They have a yellow one. Yeah. And all of the hair, except for the dark brown skinned hair. Exactly. Is the exact same hairstyle. It's like a side (laughs) part. And a little bit yeah. like of a cowlick or or something, but the yeah. dark brown skin yeah. face has. I guess they're trying to suggest an afro. Yeah, it's yes. close to an afro. Yeah, like or like a cropped, a very or just not. I mean, it's just insane that they're like making the yeah. one one guy the odd man out. Yeah, maybe they think that they're being sensitive to racial difference but it just looks ridiculous and yeah. like they have an essentializing view of black people as other. Also, they're yeah. all male. Oh, right. Of course, they're all male, yeah. And B, those who believe race is significant are racists. No. Meanwhile, that's, the- that's yeah. But, but that again, like, that's his Sonia self-serving. Sonia Sotomayor is very clear about that, right? She's a liberal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Isn't she like a standard issue liberal? And uh, I mean, the liberals on the Supreme Court made it clear that that's, that like colorblindness is not actually the appropriate way to view the world. Right. It's very weird if you don't see race. Right. Yeah. It's a very weird thing to do if your uh, friend is black and it's never occurred to you. Well, like liberalism supports um, affirmative action. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what affirmative action is based on recognizing racism. Of course, at the end of the day, anti like, Race is a construct, obviously. Yes. Liberals and leftists agree on that, right? But like, to the extent that he's talking about this stuff mattering, obviously people who believe in affirmative action do believe this matters in historic senses and that the point of of affirmative action is to correct the racism that has defined us for so long and continues to, yeah. So, so far- I feel like- Yeah. I feel like this information shouldn't be coming from an albino- yeah, maybe he does have. He does have. He's a person of no color. Basically. Yes, yes. He has like white hair and white skin. Uh, yeah. yeah, and also, and so so far, he's like barely gotten on the board, and already he's completely wrong because he's basically yeah. attributing 
like no one actually thinks the way he's thinking, but he's attributing to liberals his fantasy mythic view of how conservatives perceive race. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Left believes the very opposite. To the left, it's the liberal attitude toward race. It's unimportant. That is racist. That's why the University of California officially lists the statement, there is only one race, the human race, as racist. And liberals have always been passionately committed to racial integration. Uh, I didn't know about that line, but yeah, that, that is, it's, it is a line racists use. What, yeah. the whole University of California <clears throat> just says that? I don't even know what that means. Uh, I don't even, yeah, it's like somewhere in, in their charter or something. Okay. I, I, I don't know. Or, or some no. There was a there was a thing where it was it was in a school document, and then okay. a bunch of people protested, and they they yanked it. But yeah, it's a, it's like I don't, it's again, it's part of the, it's like it's online with in line with uh, I don't see race, right? Yeah, there's only, there's only one yeah. race, the human race. I mean, you could imagine someone who's anti-racist saying that, but then I, I I think that that phrase can be used by either side, honestly. Yeah, but it can yeah it can be used as a but it is kind of, yeah yeah. yeah while the left is increasingly committed to racial segregation. Such yes, as that's, by the way, that is for me, you know, we all have a place where our leftism begins. That is where it yeah. begins for me. Right. That's uh, why Strom Thurmond is a hero. Exactly right. This is just from the graphic, I know where he's going. Right. All black dormitories and separate black graduations at universities. Two. I mean, what? Like, it's just like, what are you talking about? Dennis doesn't seem to understand the difference between the, the all black dorms are not being imposed on black exactly, students right. by the white administration. Right. They're very right. Like they're, so, they're like, I would be more comfortable this way. And you're like, Oh yeah. yeah, all right. okay. yeah. I went to Wesleyan and there was a Malcolm X house. That was the, yeah. the Malcolm X house, but, but they probably also get upset. They probably want to have like a white history month. Right. I mean, here's the, I, you know, some people are more comfortable being around people who are most like them. Yeah. So, right. Yes. But yeah, like yeah. when white people do that, that's not okay for understandable reasons. Well, when they, especially when they impose it on other people. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very interesting thing that, that true story, apparently from, uh, uh, Many people notice this when they're making the very first Planet of the Apes movie, the one from 1968, where they're all wearing the costumes. Um, normally on a film set, what will happen is the movie stars will sort of have their food separately and the cast. Well, the rest of the cast will break down along sort of, you know, day players and extras and everything else. But what they found out very quickly was that regardless of where you were on the hierarchy of things uh, at lunch, um, all the chimpanzees would sit with all the other chimpanzees, all the orangutans mm. sit with all the other orangutans, mm -hmm. right. <laughs> all the gorillas yeah. would sit with the other gorillas, regardless of <laughs> whether or not they were yeah. stars. It's, it's like, and, and that is a thing that people do. They, and again, just to, to hit the thing over and over and over again, if black students want to have a black dorm, uh, yes, sure. But he's, he's leaving out the park. He, he, is he insinuating that that's being imposed on them? He doesn't care, right? No, I don't think he's insinuating. I just think he's trying to do the like, well, if one, how could that not be racist? Because obviously if white people had an all white dorm, right. that would be racist. It's like, yeah. well, not the way it works. It's not equal, but opposite. Hey, rappers are allowed to say the N word. Why can't right, exactly. I? Yeah. Yeah. Capitalism. Liberals have always been pro-capitalism because liberals True. are committed to free enterprise and because they know capitalism is the only way to lift great numbers of people out of poverty. Uh, 
I mean, this is, depends on like, like, is FDR a a liberal or a leftist or both? Or somewhere he's, in between. He's a, he's a, I think he's a liberal. He's a liberal. Yeah. Right. So like he believes very much and a lot of liberals to a certain extent believe in a welfare state. Yeah. Because they believe that the excesses of capitalism are not just harmful, but also destabilizing. And like it's because we don't have, in other words, if you don't want to have full fledged socialism, you have to have a safety net. Right. Like, you know, the guy, the person who like, I think who invented social security was um, Otto von Bismarck. A conservative Prussian uh, right. prime minister. Well, also, you want people define... up in revolution. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think, um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I've, I doubt I've ever met a, a liberal who isn't perfectly happy to acknowledge that um, we are in late stage capitalism and it's yeah. killing us all. But I think you'll find far more leftists interested in actually eradicating capitalism than liberals. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Right. But there's still liberals believe on putting brakes on capitalism. Yeah, they don't exactly. want unbridled capitalism. Yeah, exactly. Like Dennis does. Right. It is true that liberals want government to play a bigger role in the economy than conservatives do. But liberals never opposed capitalism and they were never for socialism. Opposition to capitalism and advocacy of socialism are left-wing values. Well, if he's saying they never want socialism to replace our current system, I guess that's true. Right. Liberals support a shit ton of socialist programs, obviously. Like libraries? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fire departments. Parks. Parks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weekends. Right. Weekends. Three, nationalism. Liberals believe in the nation state, whether that nation is the United States, Brazil, or France. But because the left divides the world by class rather than by national identity, the left has always opposed nationalism. So. Well, that's interesting because, like, there are certainly national liberationist movements that would be considered left. But they're, they're yeah. in, you know, uh, develop what developing nations mm, good point like castro yeah. has a castro is both an internationalist but also has real national like had a national liberationist project but also internationalism was always part of that right right mm -hmm. yeah yeah but you will i mean it is yeah liberals tend to get all misty eyed on fourth yeah that is weird like that's not who we are america that's not who we are it's like really did you yeah. Ever yeah. crack open a history book Yes. While liberals have always wanted to protect American sovereignty and borders, the left is for open borders. When the writers of Superman were liberals, Superman was a proud American whose very motto was truth, justice, and the American way. But that all changed. And those creators died in a poorhouse. <laughs> yes. Changed a few years ago when left wing writers took over the comic strip and had Superman renounce his American citizenship to be a citizen of the world. Okay, so that's not um, leftists, or that's just a uh, prophet. That's just the 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 guys who, the Marvel guys who run mm. Superman, like, realize DC, you... Whatever. Uh, uh, they're all the same. But that's, you know, that's, that's all they're I doing. I disavow they're this just... podcast. Just Dave is, to, is race uh, blind when it comes to DC and Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Colorblind, sorry, colorblind, yeah. 
but it's just profit at the end of the day they want him to be like the world guy now so people and yeah know, but there's also there's always movies. been i mean less and less as these comics become completely corporate run but there's always been a, a strong streak of of you know old school liberal politics in comics um sure going, going way back and in fact i'm exaggerating a bit the, the creators of superman ended up not dying in a poorhouse because the writers of things like Superman and others who took over fought for creators' rights mm. and for things like creators getting paid for, you know, coming up with that kind of characters off of which your company has grossed $5 billion over 50 years. Um, but they still fuck them pretty badly. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, they absolutely do. And, uh, but, but, um, yeah, but those same writers who are like, hey, you know, Superman should belong to the world were also those people who fought for that. And hmm. Jesus Christ, it's Superman. I mean, he's the alien from the world. To... But but now I don't think that's there. I mean, you know, I, I've heard about their retreat, writers' retreats and everything, and it's... it's oh, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a whole different thing now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The left has contempt for nationalism, seeing it as the road to fascism. Better that we should all be citizens of the world in a world without borders. Yay. View of America. Liberals have always venerated America. Watch American films from the 1930s through the 1950s, and you will be watching overtly patriotic America-celebrating films, virtually all produced, directed, and acted by liberals. Communists. Josh, you want to jump in on that one? Yeah, he's out of his fucking mind. I yeah. mean... It, it, <laughs> There were uh, they had these hearings, the House of American Activities yeah. Committee, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> right when they, when people were like, "Have you? Are you ever? Have you ever been a member of the Liberal American Party?" Yeah, oh, the wait, Liberal whoops. American Party. Sorry, it was Communist Party. Yeah. It was all these people, and Grant, a lot of them had left over time, but who had been involved with the Communist Party, who were writing and directing all these films. Right. That, by the way, he didn't seem to have seen. Um, you know. Yeah. It's, it's what am I, 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 you know, I could get all kinds of obscure, but uh, how about it's a wonderful life. Right. I mean, that is, that is one of the most yeah. anti-capitalist kind of, <laughs> we, we in fact showed it at a, at a film festival years ago for, uh, for an Occupy um, oh, nice. protest on the side of a wall. It's like, what's the perfect movie to show at an Occupy event? It was like, it's a wonderful life. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Watch the friggin' movie. But he's, you know, yeah, there was a kind of ersatz and, and overt patriotism. Right. Uh, yeah, especially during wars. Right. Especially during wars. Yeah, yeah but oh and my also God. the Communist Party, like, made a decision, like, in, in the 1930s, the Abraham Lincoln Brigades was chosen as the name for the American brigades who fought against Franco in Spain because they believed in reappropriating the founding principles of America as a strategic way of reaching people. It was kind of subversive. Like they were very aware of the slaveocracy that founded this country, but they also believed that there were noble ideals around which the country was um, established. And it's a question of just like framing basically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, uh, the, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just bonkers. I mean, movies right. are full so of this wrong stuff. wrong on so many levels. Yeah. He just, yeah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, <laughs> shocking, he thinks, shocking he, revelation. He thinks every movie is Sergeant York. Yep. Liberals were quite aware of America's imperfections, but they agreed with Abraham Lincoln that America is the last best hope of earth. 
The left, however, believes the left is the last best hope of Earth. What? Um, What's that? Uh, okay. Um, we no, we. First of all, we don't believe it's the last best hope of Earth. It's such a weird way to fucking. I know put it's it. really weird. Yeah. Yeah. We our ideas that you know more equality, the people being treated better, and and not just a bunch of assholes having all the money and crushing people. That's right. all. Yeah. Are people dying because they don't have enough money? Yeah. Right. Of treatable. Disease. And regards America as racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, violent, and imperialistic. How Keep dare going. people look Disprove at Disprove any one of them. <laughs> yeah, please. Jesus Christ. Any of them disprove any. The problem is they have their identity, these people wrapped up in the place that they live. I'm not talking about their house. That's one thing. You know, yeah. you can tell who I am when you walk into my house. This is where you were born. And if you force your sense of self-worth or if you ally it with with that, with that random thing, you're 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 gonna just fuck yourself up forever. Objectively, America is those things. Objectively, right. most countries are pretty fucking yeah. horrible. It, it's it's and you can live in them uh, quite well and be a productive and decent member of society and acknowledge those things. It doesn't relate on it. Just Jesus Christ. <laughs> Free speech. Um, yes. No one has been more committed than American liberals to the famous statement. I wholly disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. But the left is leading the first widespread suppression of free speech in modern American history. From the universities to the tech companies that govern the internet, tech to companies are every left. Other They're what? Tech companies yeah. are left. I mean, this is just when it's just garbled nonsense. Like there's yeah. no we we have no we're the left. We have no control over yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. These people who hate capitalism and are running these billion dollar yeah. companies, right? And instituting, yeah, I, I, yeah, they're they're just they're deflating me, Dave. You just can't, yeah. Spend too long trying to take these seriously and respond to them as though they're anything but the ravings of a friggin' idiot. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Katie. Yeah, good time. Pushing in place of work. Of course, the left claims to only oppose hate speech, but putting aside the fact that the left deems hate speech anything it differs with. Protecting no, 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 no. <laughs> the problem is it's, he's, right. he's flipping it. It's like hate speech is anything you agree with, Dennis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a, that's an <laughs> argument they're always using. Oh, anybody who disagrees with you is a racist. I'm like, you, you just came out in favor of lynchings. I'm talking about you specifically. Right. We're just Katie? talking for Katie. Katie and I disagree about a couple of things. I don't, that doesn't make her a racist. Hate speecher. Hate speecher. You or I might consider hate speech is the entire point of free speech. Um, no, that's actually like not legally defined. That's, yeah. That's not, that's actually not the point of free speech is that you can have hate speech. Like right. it's not protecting hate speech. It's supposed to be so you can. You know, say shit about the government and critique right, the government. Ideas and not... or, yeah. <clears throat> Imagine like, thinking not... this. Imagine thinking that protecting hate speech is the entire point of the First Amendment. I mean, just let that sink in. That's yeah. that's 
like like you know uh, say what you will about the founding fathers there was at least that grasp they had just come from a revolution <laughs> you know there was that sense yeah. that you got to leave room for people to speak their mind against the government the version of them in Dennis Prager's mind we're all sitting around going god damn it we got to we got to make sure that we're going to be able to use the n word liberally right. in uh, 2023 we're, we're giving <laughs> of I have an idea here's an amendment <laughs> Six, Western civilization. Liberals have always championed and sought to protect Western civilization. Liberals celebrate the West's unique moral, philosophical, artistic, musical, and literary achievements, and have taught them at virtually every university. The most revered liberal and American political liberals have also flooded universities with 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 writers and artists of of of, of color and of different cultures, and it's like they're yeah. not I got my gripes with them. They're not the problem, but that's insane. Yeah, I mean liberalism it embraces diversity. Yeah, like overtly. Yeah. History: President Franklin Roosevelt often cited the need to protect Western civilization and even Christian civilization. Yet when President Donald Trump spoke of the need to protect Western civilization in a speech in Warsaw, <laughs> the left-wing media, also known as the mainstream media, no. denounced him. Well, first of all, I was going to say, but Roosevelt was talking about protecting Western culture from um, Nazis. Hitler. Yeah, yeah, Trump was talking about pro <laughs> protecting it from brown people. From Mexican rapists. Who live here. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's no context. Context is meaningless, Dennis. They argue that Western civilization is no better than any other and that Western civilization is just a euphemism for white supremacy. It is when you use it. Yeah. So then, if liberalism and leftism are so different, why don't liberals oppose the left? In a... What? Anyone? <laughs> why don't I liberals... Mean... Why don't liberals oppose the left? I mean... Hi God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with that. Would can one of you please? It's really amazing. Um, you know, it's very simple. Liberals absolutely despise us. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like hate us. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just it's 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 insane the degree to which the 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 amount of time I would love to see the amount of time and energy that just democratic leadership spends trying to crush the left. As opposed yeah. to the amount of time and energy they yeah. spend opposing look at right. like Bernie Sanders or look at like near Tandon using the term alt left. Yeah. Yeah. Which was also the term that like the guy who killed Heather Hayer used. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. The liberals invented the term and then the Nazis ran with it. Yeah. And, and uh, you are know, looking at who's the guy. Um, um, oh my God. Who's the guy down in Texas? Uh, uh, the pro-life, the pro-life Democrat that Nancy Pelosi, Henry, Henry Cuellar, Henry Cuellar. Yeah. They went down there to make sure that a progressive, want, a progressive woman yeah. of color did not be. Yeah. This. Right. They want to make yeah. sure the anti-choice a plus rating from the NRA incumbent uh, was not defeated by a progressive. And they were responsible for her loss because it was a very close one. And Sam yeah. Hoyer and Pelosi and Clyburn all, you know, either robo called or stumped, stumped in person for him. Yeah, or or cheering as APAC flooded uh, Nina Turner's congressional oh, race right, with, yeah. with money to right. yeah spread lies and support of oh god yeah yeah Jesus 
It's all full of shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's just actually, you know, and it's interesting. You don't see conservatives go up to the left that much. And there's a reason they don't have to. Right. Right. That's true. Yeah. Nutshell, because they have been taught all their lives to fear the right. But as one of the best known liberals in America, Harvard Law School professor Alan Dershowitz said. Oh, my God. This is a guy who is so liberal that he threatened to to leave the Democratic Party if Keith Ellison became the chair of the Democratic Party. And then, because not only is he a reprehensible person, but he's a lying sack of shit, when Keith Ellison became the deputy chair, which was just like they're throwing Keith Ellison a bone because Obama was so petty, he didn't want anyone from the Bernie uh, movement mm-hmm. to have any power in the Democratic Party. Uh, and he, even though Keith Ellison ran unopposed, he injected Tom Perez, who has zero charisma. He mm-hmm. projected, uh, he injected him into the race. And then Tom Perez won thanks to robocalls or actual calls, not robocalls, personal calls from Obama and the Obama administration and Alan Dershowitz. So if Alan Dershowitz actually had any integrity about his racist Islamophobic position, he would have left the Democratic Party because Keith Ellison was the deputy chair as opposed to chair chair, which is, again, a kind of a, a minor point. But I'm just saying not only is he terrible, but he's also full of shit. Because if you think yeah. that Keith Ellison is such a noxious person that he shouldn't be the chair of the Democratic Party, you probably don't want him to be the deputy chair either. Anyway, yeah, he's not a liberal. Imagine, imagine liberal Alan Dershowitz. I know it's like he just gave it away, though. I mean, he did us a huge favor. Lest, like, doesn't he have people who watch his video who are like, no, don't use that as an example? Yeah, no, No, don't, don't, but don't go there. (laughs) You're so out of touch. I, I, yeah, as a liberal, as an American, and as a Jew, I far more fear the left. Than the right. Well, okay, Dear so liberals. that's what he's he's doing. Two things. One is he's showing us that he doesn't know how to define a liberal because Dershowitz is not a liberal. But also, he's showing us that even by his own logic, liberals do fear the left. I guess to him, mm. Dershowitz is like a lone truth seer and truth teller who, unlike other liberals who should see this, he has the foresight and the insight to get that the left is a threat to his fellow liberals, which is just, again, it's so funny to think of Dershowitz as a liberal. Yeah. Conservatives are not your enemy. Uh, the left uh, uh, is. Uh, no. I'm Dennis Prager. No, no, no. To help. Yes, Dave. Conservatives are the enemy. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I, I I like to make things simple sometimes, and, and it is also when I try to explain this to liberal friends. To me, it's it's this. And like, why did you go after the right more? And here we are going after the right. And, and these are the, the right in America, the Republican Party, are like they're the werewolves outside the compound trying to get yeah. in and kill us. Um, I don't know that it serves much purpose pointing out uh, their hypocrisy. Their evil, their awfulness. I, I think it just makes you feel good to do that. Yeah. I would say that we're doing this this series with a with an agenda. We are hoping to get these things pulled out of some schools. But I think that the only hope is to at least electorally to confront them is the Democratic Party. Electorally. There's right. a lot of other ways you can do that. And for many years now, Democratic leadership has been pushing further and further to the right. They essentially, and I'm speaking metaphorically, I'm not arguing for violence. 
There are werewolves outside the door, and the Democratic leadership has the box with all the silver bullets in them, and they refuse to use them or give them to us. Or they and use them against us. Or they use them against us. Yeah, good point. And it is incumbent upon us to change that and to stop them and to get people to get rid of them and replace them with people who will open the box. Yeah. Um, but Jesus Christ. But this is this is Prager's attempt to sow division between right. liberals and the left. They want which, a realignment. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is why they 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 love. Uh, it's an interesting thing that we're going to be talking about on the show, or we may have by the time this comes out. Where um, they love, love, love Bill Maher. Mm. If you if you go to Prager U and type in Bill Maher into their search engine, they have a ton of Bill Maher clips. Oh gosh, that are invariably like here's a here's a leftist who agrees with us. Right. So oh, yeah, major leftist. Yeah. Anyway, well, that answers that question. Difference between. Yeah, I feel like I learned so much. Let's let's just jump right into the next one. This is this is a good one. Uh, a question we've all been asking ourselves a lot lately. Can you trust the press? Mm. And Prager is going to dissect some of the reasons why we feel that way and why why it's wrong. Wait, I just I just answered it. No. Oh, yeah. No. OK, we'll just play. Right, bye, guys. This is bye. Great. It's been fun. And I'm not going to tell you who the who the host of this is. I'm gonna I'm gonna let it reveal itself to you because okay. it's pretty marvelous. You probably won't recognize the voice right off the bat, folks, but we'll let you know. Liberal or conservative, male or female, young or old, Americans love to bash the news media. Once among the nation's most Wait, trusted institutions, they don't even have a single black person there. I was gonna say they're all we white. They that. have different hair we know now. Know that because they know <laughs> they don't have the black hair, the aforementioned black hair. They're right? All blue, but they have yes. Yeah. The news media have fallen from grace. According to Gallup, even as recently as 2000, a majority of Americans trusted the press. By 2015, it had fallen to 40%, and lower than that, 36% among those 18 to 49. It's hard to see how this decline uh, that, reversed. I think it is. Yep. The industry has become Judith politically polarized. Oh, that is Judith Miller, ladies wow. and gentlemen, explained to us why we don't trust the press. Okay. She's going to tell us how reliable, <laughs> unreliable the media is that she would know she's, she, she, uh, she's showing instead of telling. No, she's telling instead of showing what she showed. Do you want to, uh, Katie, do you want to, just in case, uh, yeah. to, uh, Judith Miller, tell our, tell our listeners who, yeah, for young people. Yeah. So Judith Miller, um, was a New York times reporter who did basically served as a mouthpiece for the Bush administration and put forward all these lies about Iraq, Saddam Hussein, WMDs, and then pretended that she had done nothing wrong because it wasn't her job to verify what the uh, administration was saying, just to uh, echo it, basically. But of course, she wasn't writing as if she was a uh, stenographer. She was pretending right. to be she was reporting. a journalist. Yeah, right. exactly. She wasn't working officially for the um, Bush White House communications team. Yeah, she was working officially she might for the well Times. She got, did she got let go finally, or was it? She the... was forced to, she was pressured into retiring, to resigning, yeah. into resigning. Yeah. Yeah. So this terrible. is somebody, this is one of the worst journalists in American history. Yeah. 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 I mean, she's way uh, up there. By white people. I mean, this is, this is horrific what she did. And well, it's just funny because she's one of the reasons that people, I mean, yeah. she's an example of why you don't, shouldn't trust the media. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's like she is. She is like, why don't it should just be? Why don't people trust the press? And they just cut to a shot of her, and you're like, oh, right. man, okay. She's also sense. at Fox News and Newsmax now. Is so, she? Yeah, that would make sense because, yeah. of course, that's the problem. With these people they don't believe anything enough that 
you know, you fall out of favor right. and you'll go work for anybody. And in the highly competitive age of multiple 24-hour cable news channels and the internet, it's under severe financial pressure. And this compounds an even deeper problem, failing journalistic standards. Oh my God, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I, I'm sure I'm projecting, but just, you just see her dying inside. Am I wrong? Like the look in her eyes. I mean, she's so fucking angry at having been, you know, she dug her own grave and now she's mad about it. Yeah. yeah. And, and this whole video is just like a troll at liberals to make them furious. I can't. Right. Well, it's, yeah, it's it working. Yeah. You, you win, Judith. Yeah, you win. <laughs> In the 1950s, the media universe consisted mainly of a few national television broadcast networks and local TV and radio stations, most of which got much of their news from major wire services in the nation's large newspapers. Most journalists were committed to producing objective journalism, fact-based stories independent of the government and of political what? parties. What? Independent of the government? You literally were their spokesperson. Well, plus, I mean, just you go back to uh, what has the CIA been doing forever? Like they have people fucking writing articles, acting oh, like right, they're yeah. unbi like if, uh, that's what yeah. our government is. It's been doing this forever, forever. Yeah. yeah. Also, I like the way that she's praising objective journalism while being at Newsmax and Fox, <laughs> which are so far from objective journalism. A reporter's job was to report, not offer opinion or advocate. Presented with the facts, it was up to readers to make their own judgments about news events. Yeah, but it's not just about opinions. That's she's muddying the waters. Right. She did. She didn't write articles saying, "In my opinion, Saddam Hussein has weapons of mass destruction." Right. She was misreporting things that were not factually correct. Had she just been writing op-eds, we wouldn't be sitting here laughing at her right now. Well, she was also right. She was like reporting things as if she verified them when they were yeah. just from the intelligence community. Yeah. Or just the opinions were supposed to be yeah. confined to editorial and op-ed pages. That world no longer exists. This lack of objectivity and the decline of standards is one reason, though not the only one, why newspapers and news magazines are a declining industry. According to Pew Research. It's like Charlie Manson raging against people who murder pregnant actresses. Yeah. I mean, it's just, <clears throat> I cannot, either the entire crew on this thing was 15. Probably. Or they all just had to avert their eyes because they could not possibly make right. eye contact with her while she was talking. Print revenue from newspaper sales has declined from $47 billion in 2006 to 16 billion in 2014. Digital sales haven't come close to making up the difference. Most papers have been forced to cut operating expenses, slash staff and close bureaus, overseas in particular. So ironically, there uh in my town we had this thing called the Glendale News Press was the like local uh newspaper. And I read it all the time. It was like the local news. And then the LA Times bought it and then shut it down mm. so that's what's been happening to the news all over america the big companies buy out the little papers that are doing fine actually and then they just buy them and shut them down mm, right i'm sure Judith is up in arms about that right 
Yeah. Yeah. She's very, you can tell she's very upset about that kind of thing. There are more stories than ever to cover and fewer staff than ever to cover them. This lack of information from professional journalists has been filled by a new source, social media and the blogosphere. Oh, All right. So, I mean, war, look, one of the problems is, is they're giving too much. It's unbalanced. The, just these certain anchors and whatever get all the fucking money right and it's not being spread around yeah it's fear when the iraq war which i covered for the new york times i can't believe she brought it up for you literally covered for it yeah like she was the ultimate mouthpiece there were roughly one hundred thousand bloggers only a few years later there were an estimated 27 million but that that's not the problem. The problem is that people like Matt Iglesias became successful by being one of the early 100,000 blockers. Yeah. And also it's like, it, it, it's not, it's not, it's not 27 million blogs that large numbers of people are going to for news information. Right. You know, when I, when I went off and directed my little horror film, I made a little blog for my family. That was, I used a, I used the same blog software that anybody else did. And that gets blogger. Blogspot, you know, ice, whatever the hell it was. Yeah, it was a million years ago. But it's like, uh, that's insane. Yeah, people people use the internet to communicate with each other. And yeah. uh, what she's not talking about is the fact that some of those sources are better at their job. Than right, and we're much hers. more anti-war. I mean, yeah, shed justifiable skepticism on the war. And I, and I always think, whenever I think of this stuff, I always think of like my first real Twitter experience was was during Standing Rock, where it was like the, the mainstream media. I don't even know where I first heard of it. Right. But I was yeah, like, I go, I go, I go on Twitter right and you're like, oh, here are people running videos and you're seeing what's happening right now. This major confrontation is going on uh, of serious political and historic significance and nobody in the mainstream media is covering it in any way, shape or form. And that goes into her bin with like all those bloggers is a bad thing. Right. Yeah. The internet as a news source has obvious pluses and minuses. On the plus side is that information is spread widely and instantly. The minuses have to do with the fact that the quality of reporting varies dramatically. Yeah. Well, it's funny because you were supposed say. you failed on both levels. Like you were <laughs> yeah. traditional media, yes. not, and yet you managed to fail. Like all the checks were in place, checks alleged checks and balances, but you managed to yeah. get everything wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Your argument against people using the internet as a news source is the quality of reporting. Yeah. And you're Judith Miller. Miller, right. Separate the wheat from the chaff. Furthermore, many sites, including mainstream sites, have abandoned traditional journalistic practices and standards in search of more and more eyeballs. Objectivity, That's why they let once her the right gold there. standard of reporting, is now often seen as old-fashioned. A ratings loser. When success is measured mainly, I like how she's saying this. Like she's she's just disgusted because she is, you know, one of the last people standing arguing for objectivity. Right. You and know, there's a sneer. Objectivity is Newsmax. Yeah. In terms of clicks, the outrageous beats the sober just about every time. Inserting opinion, even in the middle of a news story, is a way in which journalists can distinguish themselves. And in mainstream media outlets, those opinions overwhelmingly tend to be liberal. <laughs> that is this just amazing. Be- in this fucking day and age. Come on. 
I mean, yeah. it's just more like, especially like, just think about MSNBC and all the ex like yeah. military guys yeah, that have the MSNBC, on like it's, the uh, Bush administration to MSNBC pipeline. Yeah, I mean, it's just insane. Nicole Wallace, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bill Crystal, who was like an honorary. And you right. Is he on that. MSNBC now? Bill Crystal is. Oh, for a while. Yeah. Was he, he doesn't on have oh, a please. show. He doesn't have a regular show, but, but he's they a bring him on. I yeah. know, but they, yeah, they bring I on David am... Fromm all the time. Oh yeah, David Fromm. I mean, yeah, fucking amazing. Yeah. Oh my god. And we're recording this, what, two days after CNN just gave Donald Trump an, an hour right. to just rant like a fucking maniac. Yeah. It's so bad if journalists acknowledge their bias, but they almost never do. Yet the bias is obvious. Yes. According to a 2014 study by two Indiana University professors, reporters who identify as Democrats outnumber those who identify as Republicans by four to one. 28% to 7%. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what about, what about, I mean, I'm, I'm not a huge math guy, but that doesn't seem like a hundred percent. Yeah. What's missing. <laughs> <laughs> what about all the other 28 plus seven? And then what happens? Yeah. yeah how the rest identify. The remaining 65% call themselves independent. But based on my long experience as a reporter, oh, now we're, you're this supposed is a to be reliable? That is, many reporters like to describe yeah, themselves as independent, but they're not. Not really. By any fair measure, this group is overwhelmingly on the political left. Well, let, I mean, let's, you know, yeah, the overwhelming majority of the mainstream media are on social is, issues. Yeah, on social issues, they're they're kind of, but they're also they're basically marching in lockstep with the corporate centrist Democratic Party. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, if you're an avid Newsmax viewer, they are left of you. That yeah. is correct. Um, it is still a problem for all of us, but she's she's yeah, it's a pro-war, pro-corporate. Yeah. Uh, political orientation. They just yeah. believe that gay people should have rights. Yeah. I'm going to cut this out. I said this last time. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to put it on the show. But one of the things that's interesting that I've noticed in our business, Katie. I don't know if you have like similar experience in the world. Ten years ago, if I even tweeted a reply to somebody going, um, I don't know, Israel's kind of an apartheid state, that would have been very bad for me professionally. Yeah, it is no longer. However, if yeah. I tweet to somebody, uh, maybe we shouldn't be in Ukraine. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. yeah, I mean it depends. Yeah. yeah, it it's depends. Replaced, on, there's replaced, what's weird. It? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I got fired by the Hill over saying Israel was apartheid. Yes, but what I will say is that there are a lot of people who defend me on that issue, who will be like, "Oh, but she's a Putinist." Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're not allowed to like acknowledge yeah. the way the United States has escalated this war. Yeah. By the way, it's so it's so funny that right now the whole deal, the debt ceiling is going on and they're talking about right. what they should cut. And I'm just like, well, just cut all the military stuff. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. This yeah. I yeah, I can handle wow, this. So you I guess you side with Hitler, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know. The obvious liberal bias has only served to push conservative readers to those sources that cater to conservative themes. Okay, that's kind of true. Sure. And it's also served to push leftists to scramble to find sources. Yeah. 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 Further polarizing the media landscape and unable to attract conservatives, the mainstream media have chosen to double down on views and themes that appeal to their liberal constituency. 
So is one example. Is Fox News not to them? Is Fox News not mainstream media? Like what? Is that not a thing to them? Fox News is like the little engine that could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> underdog. Also worth noting, this was recorded in 2016. It's like there's an atom bomb about to drop on all of this right. stuff. That, yeah. When Fox News broke a story in January 2016 about the discovery of top secret intelligence on the private email server that Hillary Clinton used Bayer. while Secretary like of Brett State, classified information which she had denied ever having sent or received, the New York Times buried this news story deep inside the paper. This is true. A decline in yeah. reporting standards, a decline in revenue, an increase Wait, in Wait, sorry. So she's saying that the New York Times choosing to report a story <laughs> accurately but bury it so fewer people saw it is a decline in their reporting standards from back when they were putting her on the front page. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I, was... I would actually say that, that she's completely wrong, that actually the fact that the New York Times reported on it at all would be an argument <laughs> the other direction. I mean, I will say the most damning thing against Hillary Clinton I read was in the Washington Post. Mm -hmm. uh, they did a whole article about her use of a BlackBerry, and it was just, it was unfucking believable. Yeah. It was like, this person should not be president kind of article when you read it. Uh, so, you know, okay, there's that. Right have made many wary of the people who provide them with their news. A certain amount of skepticism is a healthy thing. And but a thriving democracy depends on a dynamic and free press. As much as people may like to bash the media, most people would far prefer to trust it. I'm Judith Miller, contributing editor of City Journal for Prager University. It's weird that she doesn't mention Fox or Newsmax. Yeah, or the well, Manhattan, or the Manhattan yeah. Institute, which she's part of. The same she thing. may not have been on Newsmax at that point. Though. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay, when did she get to yeah. the Manhattan Institute? I do not know, but she's there now too. But obviously, uh, but she's been like, there a while. But also, anyone who okay, even if she wasn't at Fox or Newsmax, like obviously anyone who would wind up, who would in their future. So yeah, maybe she's not lying or admit omitting it, but she's sure. like her objectivity is undermined by her participation there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very much so, very much so. So uh, uh, since yeah. 2008, Miller has been a commentator for Fox News. Okay, so she's she's still she's looking yeah. for work when she's making this video. Right, she is signaling that she's prepared to play this game. And City Journal is a conservative outlet. Yeah, right, right. Jesus, run Christ. by the Manhattan Institute for Policy Research, which is a conservative think tank. Okay, it's it's the chutzpah, you know. It's just that yeah. incredible, like you, you got me dead to rights, and now I'm just going to turn and stare into those lights yeah. and tell you you're wrong. You didn't. It, it's just it's crazy. Yeah, you see why they love Trump. You know, it's it's you can see why they love Trump. Uh, uh well, Katie. Um, was that your first exposure to, to Prager? You, or you? It, I think I've seen you one or two videos nerd. before, but um, yeah, yeah I, I think I mostly turned away. So this is yeah. thanks for helping. Natural me, human response. Uh, helping me process it. Yes, and thank you, thank you for helping us process these. Sure. I feel worse. Yeah, yeah I, I feel. I feel, I feel, I feel like I unlearned a lot. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God. They're so bad.
Good morning, class. Good, Good morning, morning, Professor Gender-Neutral Today, we're learning all about socialism, deviant sex, and devil worship. Yay! And how cool it is. Hail Satan, but I want to learn about Jesus. Ooh. Oh, Timmy, science fiction is next week. If you finally had enough of hippie college left-wing fluff, Get yourself a real degree from Prager University. Good news, class. Bill Gates is here to give everyone free vaccines. Science is a commie plot. Our professors can't be bought. All textbooks are Soros free at Prager University. guilt, no more blame, no more hetero white male shame, no apes on your family tree at Prager University. We want to thank our incredible support team, uh, Brian Ciano, our free floating agent of chaos, AKA research guy. And also Colin McCoy, who does all of our music. You can also find him. He out there in music world. He is known as diesel boots. <laughs>